Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Professor Peter J. Hotez, he is the Dean for the National School of Tropical Medicine at Baylor College of Medicine and co-director, Texas Children's Hospital Center for Vaccine Development in Houston, Texas, among many other titles. He is a touchstone when it comes to keeping us updated and educated on all things COVID-19, and we're very glad to be able to grab just just a couple of minutes of the professor's time on this Saturday. Thank you for being with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm honestly stressed out about some of the numbers being reported here in Canada and some of our major city centres. But before we get into the Canadian COVID situation, can can we just pick your brain and get your thoughts on what is happening with uh, U.S. President Donald Trump right now? Well, the uh, White House physicians had a press briefing, but it was a little bit uh, confusing with timelines and statements made, so I'm not sure it really added a lot of uh, clarity. Um, But it sounds as though the president is doing better. He received uh, a couple of experimental uh, therapies, including a monoclonal antibody cocktail from Regeneron through an expanded access program at the FDA and also um, remdesivir, an experimental drug. And it sounds as though he's getting better. Of course, the problem is you don't really know, did he, was he going to get better in, in spite of the treatments or because of the treatments? That's because it's not a, a controlled trial. So um, let's, we're hoping for the best and uh, wish him and his family well, so he and his family well. So let's see how things go. Um, the next few days will be telling uh, if, if it's like other cases of COVID. Right. Nobody can really predict what's next for the president, because if you could predict that, you could predict for millions of people around the globe, which is uh, impossible at this point in the pandemic. We've learned since March. Can you give us a bit of an update, Professor, on where you see COVID globally and what your forecast is? You you on Twitter are such a, 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 a great resource of information. And you each week you begin with what your talking points are for the week coming up. What are your talking points for this week? Well, other than commenting on the president and the president's care and what we might expect. Uh, Looking at in the U.S., we're starting to see uh, numbers begin to go up, uh, especially up in the northern Midwest, uh, up in Wisconsin, the Dakotas. uh, That worries me. And then in some of the other Midwest states, Missouri, uh, uh, Oklahoma, even maybe even Texas, and so the big question is, is this begin the beginning of our next big fall uh, fall surge that many of us have been expecting? So that's a big unknown. And uh, so that that worries me. And and it looks as though if it's happening, it's, it's happening in the northern part of the country first, which is not unexpected. You've mentioned that the virus perhaps does better in colder climates, and obviously people are heading indoors and spending more time in uh, situations and scenarios that are higher risk. Yeah, there's a bunch of unknowns here. Um, The thinking is that as people climb indoors uh, in the colder months, there'll be more transmission. But there's one or two papers out there that suggest that, that mortality rates also go up in the colder weather. And why that is, whether it's closer contact indoors and getting a higher inoculum or some say the cold itself uh, helps promote virus virus survival. And so we'll see if that is turns out to be the case because we had a very high mortality rate in New York and a much lower one in the southern states. 
And I always assumed it's because we were learning how to take care of uh, intensive care unit patients better as the epidemic progressed, but maybe there is that cold piece to the mortality we'll have to see. Hmm. I want our listeners to know how to follow you at Peter Hotez, H-O-T-E-Z on Twitter, um, because you get little nuggets of information. And I can't tell you how many times I've reiterated your advice when it comes to vaccines. I want to get an update from you on vaccine development, but you also gave some thoughts on when any number of vaccines might come available that we should very much consider having those vaccines and why. Well, I think right now we'll get some answers as we move uh, further into the year. Towards the end of the year, we'll have some data on phase three clinical trials to see if any of the three operation warp speed in the U.S. vaccines that are in phase three trials are safe and actually work. We don't really know that yet. Everyone's assuming they're all going to work, but I don't think we really know that yet at all. And then uh, if one or more of those works, then over time next year, we'll start releasing those vaccines to the public. And they might work in different ways, I understand. I'm gleaning this all from things that I have read that you have written or conversations that you have had that I've listened to. Well, I think they all work by uh, creating virus-neutralizing antibodies, antibodies that target the spike protein of the virus, as well as key cell responses. And But they all work through different mechanisms to do that. And that's one of the innovative aspects of the program is using different technologies to get to the same answer of inducing virus neutralizing antibodies with the hope that by having so many different technologies, you get more shots on goal and therefore increase the likelihood that you'll have a successful outcome with the vaccines. Um, some have criticized it by saying we, we went too heavy on the innovation, not enough old school vaccines, and we're also doing that in our group. Uh, we're scaling up production of a very traditional recombinant protein vaccine made uh, similar to the hepatitis B vaccine that's now being scaled in India. So with a company known as Biological E, they're one of the big pharma companies in India. So we're pretty excited about that as well. Good. So the idea is between the Operation Warp Speed vaccines and some of the more traditional vaccines that we'll be able to have enough to vaccinate the world. And I'm also really worried about the equity issue. Mm-hmm. And where to start? How does it start? There's some historical uh, issues with when looking to the most vulnerable to uh, inoculate first, that group of society can oftentimes turn around and say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, we're not your test animal. So there's that sort of perspective on this as well. Yeah, remember, we also have a pretty aggressive anti-vaccine lobby that mm-hmm. uh, that even targets uh, certain minority groups, which is really egregious, but uh, that's uh, some of the tactics that they've been doing. Um, so we've got some surveys now showing that a significant percentage of Americans will refuse COVID-19 vaccines, even if they're made available. And, um, uh, and that really gives me worry. I think part of the Part of this is self-inflicted because as I think the Operation Warp Speed program is a good program in terms of scientific rigor and integrity of the trials, but there was never a commensurate program with uh, or a program that was commensurate in terms of communication. Mm. So it was left to the pharma companies to communicate, get the word out, and they've made a lot of missteps. So I, I hope that we can fix that. And the anti-vax community, as you well know, uh, loves to hate the pharma community. And if the message is mixed, then that just proves the anti-vaxxer point, which is terrifying. When it comes to the flu shot, Professor, it is an absolute must-get, yes? 
Yes, I'm all in on the flu vaccine. I've gotten mine and make sure all my family gets it. Uh, uh, risk is risk is close to zero, and the benefit is it can save your life and at least reduce severity of illness and prevent you from going to the hospital or the ICU. So get your flu vaccine uh, because the you know the worry is we could have a double epidemic uh, this fall and summer of both flu and COVID nineteen, or even a triple epidemic in which you have um, uh, measles coming back. So all of these are a real possibility. And that brings us to the point that I want to make at the end of this, which has been something that Professor Hotez has been saying for years and years. Please have your children properly vaccinated to protect them from the diseases that we have eradicated or have certainly created herd immunity through vaccine programs. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.